here, the Morse Force, live, and you're welcome to join the program if you'd like to call in. This can be done. If you're watching this program on one of our 10 affiliates with the flagship station of being YouTube, you can call in live and uh, get off your mind whatever's concerning you. The number is 617-396-4830. That is 617-396-4830. I want to talk a little bit about a, an article that appears in, um, in uh, CBS and NBC News. Uh, incoming New York Attorney General plans wide-ranging investigations of Trump and family. Just elected Latita James, who takes office next month, tells NBC she will probe real estate deals, Trump Tower meeting, emoluments, Trump Foundation, and more. She wants to investigate President Trump going all the way back probably to his, uh, maybe as long as he's been in business, she wants to investigate his two sons and his daughter, their spouses. She wants to investigate maybe his sister, his family. The New York Times already has done a hit piece on his late parents. And there's a big picture of Latita, uh, Latita James, very smug, very arrogant looking. Um, you know, she wants to go after the Trump family. And uh, you know, this is really despicable in this country that this could happen, and that, that not only is it, could it happen, but she's bragging about it. This is very righteous. Oh, yes, I'm going to get Trump. I'm going to find something on him. We're going to, I mean, can you imagine if they did this to, uh, if Hillary Clinton had been elected, do you think they would have done this to the, to the Clinton Foundation? Do you think they would have looked at, at uh, Chelsea Clinton and at Bill Clinton and their sleazy uh, uh, actions and questionable ethics? Um, you know, this is like, or, or what about the, um, the Cuomos? Or what about a lot of other families that live in New York? The Kennedys, they've, they've been in New York a long time. I mean, this is, you know, threatening to persecute and prosecute a family, an American family, because you don't like their politics. I mean, think about this. I mean, the more I think about it, the more angry I'm feeling. I mean, you know, she's going to, can you imagine calling up, you know, you, you say, you, you say something against the government or against the establishment, against what President Trump accurately calls the deep state, if you will. And, and you have them calling up your tax returns and looking at them with a microscope and looking at all of your dealings. I mean, not too many people could survive that. I mean, then you're going to call them in to subpoena them for testimony and bring charges and harass them. I mean, this is really, you know, not the way this country is supposed to operate. And to have someone who's about to take office as an elected attorney general in the state threaten a family like this, we're going to get you, we're going to investigate you, we're going to find something on you, and we're going to then prosecute you and throw you in jail and try to destroy your reputations and try to get you impeached. Um, it's just the ugliness of it and the hatefulness of it. <clears throat> and then you hear people like Stephanie Miller on, on, on progressive radio and, and people like, um, um, what's his name? Signorilli, um, 
and, and um, you know, the other guy over there, um, you know, Abdallah, uh, Obadiah, whatever his name is. They're, they're, they're gleeful. Oh, they're, they're cackling and giggling and over, over this kind of police state action. Oh, yes. They're going to take them down. You know, I understand that people may disagree with President Trump's politics and his policies. How about doing so in the arena of ideas and debate and, and civil discussion? How about not using the power of the state to try to destroy someone? This is what the left does. They don't want to have an honest debate. They don't want to have an exchange of ideas. They want to destroy their opponent. And President Trump is the number one target for this. I mean, you had that buggy-eyed congressman, what's his name, Schiff, you know, saying, oh, you know, Trump, the minute he leaves office, he's going to go to jail? I mean, come on. I mean, President Trump has to put up with this every single day that he's in office, and we should be grateful that he is putting this kind of risk to his life, to his family, to his reputation, to his grandchildren, to his future, in order to do the job he's doing, which is serving this country, he gets nothing out of it. I mean, he's made his money. He's famous. He has everything life could offer. And yet here he is going out and, and, and doing this incredible public service. I think we ought to thank him for that. Instead of seeing our government come out with, with a switchblade and try to stab him in the back like this. You know, let them take him on on, on issues, but they won't do that. This is just this kind of despicable action. And yet people out there who, who watch this happen, and maybe this is true in New York. I don't follow New York politics that closely, but it seems to me that, um, that this particular person who is threatening to prosecute President Trump with a smug smile as she talks about it, that she is convinced that she's going to be applauded for it that people are going to stand up and, look, they just elected her attorney general. They're going to stand up and say, oh, isn't this wonderful? Maybe you could find something that he did in 1992 and we'll put him in jail for that. You know, they, they think this is just great in America when you have someone put, you know, put through something like this. I mean, the hatefulness of it and the sickness of it, it runs against everything that this country's about it is a complete abuse of our American system of justice and jurisprudence. That's not why we have a system of justice. Not so you can use the wheels of justice to attack your opponents and try to get something on them and then destroy them. That's not what we're supposed to be about. Maybe because this whole phony Mueller thing, they've gone so far with that and he's so lionized, maybe that's emboldened them. I don't know. Um, but it, it, it's very frightening, and it should be of concern to all Americans, regardless of your, your political background. And I just really feel that um, I need to talk about this. Um, again, New York Attorney General-elect Letitia James says she plans, and this is according to uh, NBC News, she plans to launch sweeping investigations into President Donald Trump, his family, and, quote, anyone in his circle who may have violated the law once she settles into her new job 
next month. In other words, anyone who's ever had any association with President Trump, anyone who's ever supported President Trump, you know, they're going to get, you know, what, what, the IRS going after them? They're going to get federal agencies going after them? She's going to be, but it, what, what does this mean? I mean, does this mean like using the power of her office, you know, her policing power to look into their backgrounds and to, to start to, you know, go through their garbage, maybe hack their computers? You know, there's a rumor out there that, um, and I, I'm not going to get into details here, I'll just say that um, Supreme Court Judge, Supreme Court Justice Roberts, his computer and his emails were hacked, and uh, information was used to blackmail him into supporting Obamacare. Does anyone doubt that? I mean, Obama was a control freak, a classic leftist. He, would, he uh, was bugging even his own friends all around the world. Angela Merkel brought it up to the UN. He was bugging her phone. I mean, you know, th this is what it comes to, and they're going to use the power of the state to go after their political opponents. Let me continue with this article. We will use every area of the law to investigate President Trump and his business transactions and that of his family as well, James, a Democrat, told NBC News in her first extensive interview since she was elected last month. James outlined some of the probes she intends to pursue with regard to the president, his businesses, and his family members. They include, and these are the, these are the bullet points, any potential illegalities involving Trump's real estate holdings in New York, highlighting a New York Times investigation published in October into the president's finances. In other words, that article went all the way back to his father. You know, and it, it looks into every little real estate um, thing he ever did. The June 2016 Trump Tower meeting with a Russian official. Now, I think that's been gone over already. There's been hundreds of hours of testimony over it. There's been, uh, we know that the, uh, the Russian, uh, the, that Russian lawyer, the woman who launched that in, um, Trump Tower meeting had met with, with um, Fusion GPS just before and after the meeting, it looks to me like I wonder if they're going to really investigate it and see if it wasn't some kind of a setup. Examine government subsidies Trump received, which were also the subject of Times' work. Yeah, Times found nothing about that. I mean, every um, real estate developer gets some government subsidies, particularly for low-income housing. I don't know the details, but in that sense, I think Trump was operating in a way that is typical of his industry. Whether he is in violation of the Emoluments Clause in the U.S. Constitution through his New York businesses. All right, now I want to comment on this one because this one I've heard many hours of talk about on MSNBC. And uh, I think people need to understand that the Emoluments Clause means that the President of the United States, and I believe it covers also elected members of Congress, if I'm not mistaken, they are not supposed to profit directly from their positions while in office. We know that a lot of them make a lot of money after they leave office. They get big book deals. We know that Obama became extremely rich after leaving office. So didn't Bill Clinton. They cashed in on their position, but they waited until after they were out of office to, rape, you know, to start to pull in the big bucks. But the accusation is that Trump is profiting while in office. And 
the fact of the matter is that that President Trump is the first businessman to ever be elected president of the United States. Every president previous to President Trump had either been a public official, an elected representative or governor or senator or, or, or some such, or was a, a general, which is a government employee. Um, I believe that be, is the case. And, um, and so it's kind of uncharted waters. He comes into the office as a very successful billionaire businessman. Um, the question is, assumedly, he continues to make money, I suppose, from his businesses, even though his sons are running it. But it's not an emolument because they already existed. It only becomes an emolument if the businesses are more profitable directly because of the president taking action to profit those businesses. Now, that means that he has to do something or make some kind of a deal as president that profits him and that the deal would not have otherwise been made if he was not president. First of all, he's not making business deals. It's not like Hillary Clinton going around the world and getting all this big money donated to the Clinton Foundation, right? That's not what's going on, including from Russia after the uranium transfer. His businesses are profitable because they're profitable. I mean, they continue to be profitable. And even if they become more profitable while he's president, it's not because he's president. In fact, if anything, it looks to me like Trump has lost money because he's president. I mean, Ivanka Trump has already had to shut her business down because he's president, or because big department stores are boycotting her products. Um, so it just doesn't look like he's directly profiting. Now, some of the arguments used in this one is, well, that when he stays in Mar-a-Lago or when he stays at the Bedminster Hotel, uh, Bedminster Golfing Resort in New Jersey, he's, they're getting paid. But, you know, are they getting paid more than they would otherwise be paid? In other words, if someone is, you know, if he rents a room for, for $500 a night at a Trump hotel and someone goes there and they say, oh, no, no, we're going to give you 1000 or $10,000 for the same room, that's an emolument, right? Because we want to have favor with the president. That's an emolument. That's a bribe. There's absolutely no evidence that that's ever happened, and it probably never did happen. When President Trump uses his own resort to stay uh, in the course of his travels as president, you know he's not billing the government for putting up the Secret Service and, and other people more than they would pay any other customer would pay if they were staying at that hotel. So it's, they're paying the standard rates, and it's not an emolument. It's, it's what they charge. If they had stayed at another hotel, it would have been what they charge. So the idea that he's actually receiving emoluments, which is money that is above and beyond what he would otherwise charge for his businesses because he's president, that's completely bogus. And as far as being in business, I mean, look, Barack Obama... Uh, was the author of a book that I would assume sold pretty well while he was president. In fact, I think it sold very well while he was president. And I assume he received royalties for those sales. 
Is that an emolument? No, it's, it's, he's an author. The book was on the market already. And the book sold better because he was president. That's just the way it goes. I mean, it's not an emolument. I mean, Lyndon Johnson owned radio stations. I don't know if he was, you know, they probably, did they get more ad revenue while he was president? They might have. But it doesn't constitute an emolument unless he took direct action or somebody was specifically buying the commercials to curry favor with him. That's when it becomes an emolument. All right, and then continue. The Trump Foundation probe, wonderful. wonder if they're going to go after the Clinton Foundation. Going on in the article here. We want to investigate anyone in his orbit who has, in fact, violated the law, says James, who was endorsed by Andrew Cuomo. James campaigned on passing a bill to change New York's double jeopardy laws with an eye on possible pardons coming out of the White House. In other words, if President Trump pardons uh, a resident of New York because they've been prosecuted by these thugs and these brown shirts, um, the, she wants to make sure that they can be then prosecuted again for the same crime in New York State. Isn't that charming? James told NBC News she wants to be able to pursue state charges. Again, here we go. Against anyone the president were to pardon over federal charges or convictions or whose alleged crimes took place in the state. Under current New York law, she might not be able to do that. Gee, I mean, when Bill Clinton left office, he issued a huge amount of pardons, many of them, by the way, for personal enrichment and to enrich his, his um, library, including pardoning Hillary Clinton's two brothers and his own brother. And uh, he also, I seem to recall, pardoned several people who had been involved in terrorist activities from Puerto Rico, um, two of, one of which had, I think, killed a man and another had knocked this man's eye out this policeman's eye out, they were pardoned. I suppose I wonder if, if this getting rid of double jeopardy, I wonder if she would have brought charges against them after they were pardoned by President Clinton. I doubt it. All right, moving on. I think within the first 100 days, this bill will be passed, she said, adding, it is a priority because I have concerns with respect to the possibility that this administration might pardon some individuals who might face some criminal charges but I do not want them to be immune from the state charges. She's also enlisting help from some prosecutorial heavy hitters, like former U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch from the Tarmac. Talk about skating and getting off. You know, what was her involvement in creating that phony dossier? Was she involved in going after General Flynn, whom, whom they despised? by trying to trip him up in some kind of a phony um, charge of um, perjury and then ruining his life. Was L Loretta Lynch was attorney general, after all, when, those, when, when uh, the FBI and uh, Peter Strzok and Comey and all the rest of these insiders started to spy on the Trump campaign, and she's going to be helping this prosecution? New York is home to the president's namesake business, the Trump Organization, and where Trump's presidential campaign was headquartered and his re-election campaign as well. And it is where a number of key events under special counsel Robert Mueller's microscope, such as the, 20, the 2016 
Trump Tower meeting, all of that falls within Jane's jurisdiction. As a result, she is about to become one of the most recognizable and powerful state's attorney generals in the country. And that's this is the fact that we would glorify this and hold this up as a virtuous thing is a national disgrace and it's frightening and should be frightening to all Americans. Anyway, uh, if you'd like to join me once again, um, the phone number is 617-396-4830-617-396-4830. What is on your mind this afternoon? It's kind of an open lines program I'm doing here. Uh, let's see. Comey admits decision to send FBI agents to interview Mike Flynn was not standard. Yeah, I mean, Mike Flynn, talk about being prosecuted. You know, they, um, they tried to you know, claim that he was in violation. There's this um, assistant attorney general, Yates, um, who was an Obama person during the transition. She claimed that Mike Flynn was in violation of the Logan Act because he had talked with the Russian ambassador. First of all, he was the incoming national security advisor. It's normal for him in that position to talk to foreign uh, ambassadors to prepare for the transition. But somehow, because it was Flynn who they wanted to take out, they despised General Flynn. Um, they wanted to um, you know, investigate him and try to trip him up. Now, here's what Comey admits in, in spite of all of his I can't remember comments during his interviews, which he should be held in contempt for. Former FBI Director James Comey admitted, this is according to uh, Fox News, admitted um, in a recent interview that he personally made the decision to send a pair of agents to interview President Trump's National Security Advisor Mike Flynn in 2017 and acknowledged the arrangement was not typical for dealing with a White House official. The new details about that fateful interview, which led to criminal charges against Flynn, came as a federal judge ordered special counsel Robert Mueller's team late Wednesday to turn over all the government documents related to Flynn's questioning ahead of sentencing. Well, that's interesting. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of it. As to describe how two FBI agents ended up at the White House to interview Flynn in January of 2017, Comey, speaking to MSNBC Nicole Wallace during a forum discussion, said flatly, I sent them. Comey went on to acknowledge the way the interview was set up, not through the White House Counsel's Office, but arranged directly with Flynn, was not standard practice. He called it, quote, something I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized administration. Uh-huh. So he's blaming Trump for this. In other words, he sent two FBI agents to see if they could get General Flynn on the record as... Uh, committing perjury or you know he said that he was in a place on Wednesday but it was actually Thursday do you remember who you talked to in 1929 I mean anyway look unfortunately this kind of terrorism this kind of tyranny I should say really kind of discourages anybody from ever talking to the FBI or any agent because they'll they'll do this I mean if the FBI ever comes to my house I would probably say I have no comment, no comment. You know, you can talk to a lawyer 
or you know maybe I'll you have to give me a self-appointed lawyer because I'm not going to pay for it. But either way, I'm not going to comment. Even if you take out a rubber hose, I'm not going to comment. Anyway, I think on that note, I shall bid everyone a pleasant afternoon. I shall return tomorrow. By the way, I have an author coming on tomorrow uh, who has written a book about Bob Mueller and his background. So uh, stay tuned for that. And I shall return, God willing, tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Uh, don't forget to check out my book page uh, at Amazon.com. Just put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, and you'll see all of my books come up. Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody.